Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Within whiteness, the organization of social life is in terms of a center and margins that are based on dominance, control, and a transcendent figure that is consistently and structurally ascribed value over and above other figures. In this paper, we synthesize literature from critical whiteness studies and critical race theory to articulate analytic markers for whiteness and use the markers to identify and analyze whiteness as it shows up in an introductory physics classroom introduction. We name mechanisms that facilitate the reproduction of whiteness in this local context, including a particular representation of energy, physics, values, whiteboards, gendered social norms, and the structure of schooling. In naming whiteness and offering a set of analytic markers, our aim is to provide instructors and researchers with a tool for identifying whiteness in their own context. Alongside our discussion, which imagines new possibilities for physics teaching and learning, we hope our work contributes to critical whiteness studies, goal of dismantling whiteness. So, Andrew Coppins, uh, what what is that song that you like to sing again? Oh, you mean this one? Everything is racist. Everything is racist today. This comes from <clears throat> Observing Whiteness in Introductory Physics, a case study. Brought to us by Amy D. Robertson, she, her, and W. Talil Hairston. He, him. Robertson is the department uh, from the Department of Physics at Seattle Pacific University. And um, Mr. He, him is from Equitable Development, LLC. Yes, Mr. Panoni. I just I'm just curious what physics have to do with whiteness. 
Everything is racist. <laughs> Everything is racist today. There's your answer, Pat. There is oh, your okay. answer. Everything yeah. is racist. Yeah. And it's just Monday morning. It's, our, it's only Monday. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This was uh, foisted okay. upon us courtesy of uh, the intrepid research of Ben Shapiro. <laughs> Honest to God, though, Pat, um, I do have a question because I want to know what the mechanisms that facilitate the reproduction of whiteness means. Like, I, I, like, well, I honestly want to know what that means. How do you uh, reproduce so, whiteness? I'm, I'm going to tell you. When a man and a woman love each other very much. No, because that's not <laughs> what they're talking about. Why does your mind always go there, Pat? Be because generally speaking, the way you reproduce whiteness is to have children. Right, but that's not what they're talking genetics. about here. They're talking about a physics classroom. So how do you reproduce whiteness? I, I don't. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Uh, wait, hang on, hang on, Pat, 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 Pat. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, okay, okay. I'm so sorry. Why are we taking this seriously? Uh, see, I'm not. I don't know why you are. Mm, okay. Okay. Mm, yeah. But yes, folks, it is a Monday here on Critical Thinking. Um, it is the Monday after a weekend in which Tom Brady's final touchdown pass, the ball, went for a record $518,000 on Saturday morning. Only to no longer be the last touchdown pass that Tom Brady has thrown by Sunday night because Tom Brady is back in the NFL. Yeah, this is such bull crap. Ay, ay, ay. He's worse than Brett Favre was, honest to God, with uh, retiring, not retiring, what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. Well, The only way this could get worse is if he went and played for the New York Jets at this point in time. That that's also true, but but somebody went on Facebook last night and said that uh, Brett Favre doesn't have any records over uh, Tom Brady anymore because Tom Brady's going to retire than unretire more times than Brett Favre. Although I'm to like, be well, fair, to be fair, Brett Favre only retired and unretired once. Right. Well, so I said, well, there's there's actually two records that Brett Favre will always have that Tom Brady can't touch. Brett Favre never cheated. And he also never played for a franchise that got caught cheating. I was I I I'd be careful how you phrase cheating with Brett Favre. I would be very careful on that one. Because I'm pretty sure he got caught cheating a few times. Did he? Just not on the football field. Uh well, okay. That I I, I wasn't um referring <laughs> I was referring to the game of football, you jerk. Uh, I'm in a surly mood, if you can't tell. Yeah, well, a little bit. Is there a reason why? Because this weekend was just full of what in the actual... Like, I can't even with most people these days. I just can't. I, when when I hear people who are supposed to be serious on our, on the television screen or on a podcast or whatever, parroting the Putin price hike, I, I, I just... Come on. Like, do I get political sloganeering? Do I get 
um, framing a situation a certain way that would benefit you, sure. Right, Pat? Totally get the politics right. of doing that. But generally speaking, those things are done when the individual that is doing them is flowering around the edges of the truth. But this this nonsense of Putin price hike is ridiculous. Because even if we were to take the the fact checkers and the the social media, you know, infographic crowd at face value, Russia only produces 2% and even then it's heavy crude, not light crude oil which doesn't hit our gas pumps. Right? So Right. So Russia and our inability to get their oil should have, quote unquote, no effect on the price of gas. Wait a minute. Now, you posted, uh, what, it costs you 84 bucks to fill up uh, 18 gallons? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, granted, I do drive a pickup. So right, and that was probably yeah. like you know three quarters of a tank. No, that was a full tank. Holy smokes! Mm-hmm. Yeah, and folks, I live in one of the highest tax gas states in the in the country. I think we're top two now, if not the most taxed state, and it's enshrined into law. Like they would have to pass another law here in the state of Illinois to reverse the gas tax. The gas tax was hiked. 39 cents its first year. So if we're here in the state of Illinois and I'm paying 456 was the last I had seen gas. Okay. Here in the state. Mm -hmm. And so I, so imagine repealing and going back to the original pre 2019 gas tax era where we would be. We'd be at like 420 ish. Somewhere in there mm-hmm. on our gas. Mm-hmm. But when I go and I fill up more, about three quarters of a tank and it costs me four thirty five a gallon and that's at Costco. Ouch. Ouch. So, somebody because I, I shared that photo to social media. Somebody actually commented they live in California. They spent one hundred and ten dollars. Yeah, I've got a friend who lives in Indiana who spent over $100 filling up their QX80. Well, uh, what I'm saying, though, is is that California is over $6 a gallon. Yeah. So spending. So if you fill up once or twice a week, depending on what you do for a living, right? Mm -hmm. If you're if you have to fill up once or twice a week, you're spending six to eight hundred dollars, depending on how much you're filling up or, you know, what the actual price is somewhere between six and eight hundred dollars a month. When you were probably almost half that uh, just two months ago. Yep. Folks, there's a reason why this rhetoric matters. There's a reason why all of this matters to me. It is because, you know, we, we played the Stephen Colbert thing last weekend, right? Or last Friday, right? You know, this whole thing. I'll tell you what, I will never complain about a destination wedding again. Russia has been hit with a series of crippling sanctions, and it looks like there's more to come because the U.S. 
and its European allies are now discussing banning imports of Russian oil. Take that, Putin. We're not going to buy our gas from a war criminal. We're going to buy it from the good guys, Saudi Arabia. (laughs) But it's going to cost. Since the invasion, oil prices have skyrocketed. Today, the average gas price in America hit an all-time record high of over $4 per gallon. Okay, that stings, but a clean conscience is worth a buck or two. I'm willing to pay... It's important. It's important. I'm willing to pay $4 a gallon. Hell, I'll pay $15 a gallon because I drive a Tesla. (laughs) Right now, people all over the world are trying to find uh, inventive ways to help. It, It matters because these people seem to believe that everybody can just snap their fingers and and buy buy a car and and there's a great supercut from Grabian out there and, and maybe we'll play this tomorrow but there's Jennifer Granholm the um the energy secretary right from the great state that energy producing state of Michigan <laughs> it's more like an hey. energy consuming state but hey anyway yeah um now they do have lots of minerals and and earth material that matter but she's in the in this car talking about how she loves her Chevy uh, Bolt. You mean um, the one that explodes? The one that has the battery issues to the point where literally my garage, our private parking garage here in my building, will not allow that car to enter its garage. I drive a Chevy truck. There's no way I'm driving a Chevy Volt. Yeah, just just no, just no, yeah. just no. These are the same people who, well, clean conscience. Is your conscience really clean? Is it? No. 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 And Stephen no. Colbert making multi-millions of dollars every year can surely afford a 50, 60, 70, $80,000 electric vehicle. But the average Joe and Jane on the street can't. Not not a not one that would necessarily help them. Because even if you went to Hyundai or Volkswagen, right, with the Ion 4, or you went to a bunch of other car manufacturers that are starting to roll these out. It's still base model 35, right? The base model Tesla is about 30 grand. But it doesn't get you very far. You have right. to upgrade into the forty, fifty thousand dollar range to get anywhere near a significant benefit. Now, if you live in states like we do, Pat, where it snows and gets cold at times, right? Yeah, what's it do to your battery life? Yeah, uh-huh. battery mm-hmm. life can be reduced in half in the winter. I, I don't know about you, but I mean. I could put on it just doing one showing somewhere here in the city of Chicago. I could put on 20 miles in a day like that. I mean, your conscience isn't exactly clean considering where's that power coming from, right? We talked about that. Not to mention what the hell do we do with the lithium batteries? And oh, by the way, Pat, do you know that we don't have enough lithium Known to the world 
for every person to have a electric vehicle. It is not, not a that. renewable resource. It is a finite resource. Now, is this a bridge to some other technology? I don't know. Potentially. Could it be that solar gets in the mix somehow? Could it be that down the road, us driving the car down the road is helping to refuel the car? Right? Uh, it's a sunny day out, and whoop, I'm grabbing solar power, so I don't have to. Maybe. Maybe that technology is coming. I have no idea. Nor I does mean, anybody else. But this concept that if we just flip a switch, right, and right. and turn turn to all electric vehicles, somehow that's going to affect Putin. Russia produces about 9% of the world's oil. Okay? Yes, it's a big oil exporter. But the reality of the situation is that we are hurting ourselves by decreasing our own energy independence. We are not energy independent anymore. Regardless of what the, the Putin's price hike crowd wants you to think, we're just not. We, we, we don't produce enough to okay. not have to import. We import about, what, 2 to, two to 4% from OPEC. We, we import another 2%, maybe 5%. It just depends on the source you're using from Russia. We also import a lot from Mexico and Canada. And yes, it is true that most of the gasoline that we consume here in the United States of America is American, right? But here's the, here's the harsh reality, Pat. Is it just American oil? Um, that we we get to set the price of? Because I am pretty sure that it is a global commodities trading desk that sets the price of oil. Am I, I mean, am I missing something here? Nope, not at all. Okay. So, yes, it's true that OPEC sets its own price, right? But the rest of the world right. has a global trading commodities market for things like wheat and corn and everything under the sun. We don't set the price. The price is set by everything else in the world. So, yes, I get hit the point that that Putin going to war has increased this. But the way in which we should have been buttressing or preparing against this was to have continued the Keystone XL pipeline, whether you believe that this would have changed anything or not. The reality of the situation is the Keystone XL pipeline would have, would have not enhanced our production. It would have increased, or I should say decreased, the amount of time it took to get from, from ground to refinery to the gas tank. That would have necessarily right. reduced the cost of every part of the process, which will then get passed on to the consumer in the form of lower gas prices. Now, 
Well, I, I think I think this might be worth mentioning. I mean, the Keystone the Keystone XL pipeline is not finished, and it wouldn't have been finished until like what, like twenty thirty or something like that. So it wouldn't have had the potentially, effect. yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, potentially. So this this was more of a long term thing than it was going to be an immediate thing for for right now. Correct. But you know, having shut that down, I mean that that kind of hurt it hurt our chances of being truly energy independent later on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, there's so much more that we can unpack. And I think we're going to do this over the next few days. In fact, we're going to be unpacking quite a bit in the next few days. So why don't we do this, Pat? Um, let's play the B or not the B because we've got a couple of things uh, to talk about on the education front. Um, and I'm going to set it up by saying this before we get to the B or not the B. One of the biggest things and one of the biggest complaints that I have had, and I think you have had with the GOP is this, they are a party of nothing. And what do I mean by that? They are a party that stands for nothing, that will fight for nothing other than its own power. And I will say yeah. this, I, I believe um, Senator Rick Scott from the great state of Florida is somebody that we should be lauding. Only in so much as he actually had the cojones to step up and say, here's a plan. Here's what I stand for or what I believe the GOP should stand for. So over the course of the next 11 days, we are going to talk about his plan. It's called Rescuing America. And he goes into some detail, also some you know grandiose language, but I think it's important to understand where he believes the GOP should be. And is that a vision that can hold? Is that a vision that is Trump-esque? What is it? So we're going to talk about that and then some other things in the education front. But before we do all of that, um, why don't we uh, play the B or not the B? We can win some more of Izzo's money. All right. Lay that headline on me one or two times. All righty then. Tom Brady realizes it's easier to be hit by 300-pound linemen than stay at home all day with young kids. Tom Brady realizes it's easier to be hit by 300-pound linemen than stay at home all day with young kids. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. And um, while you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppers, do we have a, an update from American Pride Roasters? Um, we do. Let me just go ahead and pull up the fundly. We are so close, folks. I told you I want I, I want to get to that fifteen thousand dollar mark to really help Dave Faith and their dog um, rebuild because it's going to be a long, long haul for them. Even given the generosity of the people in the community, um, people that they didn't know helping to come clean up and and all of these great things. And I'm going to be working to get Dave onto the program at some point here, but. The reality of the situation is that, um, you know, I also want to give him some time to to mentally just calm before he continues to get bombarded. But folks, we are at $14,512. We're less than $500 away from that $15,000 mark. Again, you can just go to Fundly.com. Then it's Magic Beans for Dave, DM, and Faith. Otherwise, just go to my social media on Twitter, 
It is pinned to my profile. You can find the link there. I will all also uh, throw that link out uh, this morning. $500. If each and every single one of you that are watching and listening to this program have already donated, thank you. But even, even then, go back. If you got $10, just 50 of you, if you had $10 to donate, we would get over the $15,000 mark. And, and I can't imagine um, more deserving people at this point in time. Um, and an update to, um, I believe he started roasting again, but just the really small stuff that he was able to salvage. Um, and he only, he got one bag out of it. And it's going to go to uh, really good causes. And uh, we'll have Dave on later this week to kind of explain what's going on there. Um, but again, just just support Dave and his family. Don't go to American Pride Roasters yet. Do not go there just yet. Um, we'll have Dave on, like I said, later this week to explain some stuff. Um, but just $10, folks, will go a long way to helping them. 50 more people. That's all we need. That is all we need. So thank you to every single one of you who have already donated. And with that, Pat, I don't need the headline one more time. This is the Babylon Bee. And how do I know it? Because even my wife made this joke yesterday. Even she was like, so two months of kids at home and Tom Brady's like, no, no, thank you. I'm going back to the NFL. I mean, I, I, I did. Did I not say something similar on Telegram last night? Off air, mm-hmm. when, when I announced, like, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> also, can we yes, talk this, about? I think you need some therapy for your hatred of Tom Brady here. Why? Because it exactly. it was a very visceral reaction from you, and I. And more importantly, I, I think the general public that's like, ah, oh, f Tom Brady. I hate Tom Brady. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Why do you hate Tom Brady? I, 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 I don't understand the visceral hatred of Tom Brady. I really don't. Do I get that he was part of Deflategate and blah, blah, blah? Yep. Do you know how many players uh, put substances on their body that never get checked? Do you know how many offensive linemen are cheating on a game-by-game basis? Do you know how many cornerbacks and defensive backs are cheating every single game? How many of them are smoking weed before the games? How many of them are taking performance-enhancing drugs, just never get caught? No idea. And the difference between them and Tom Brady is that they are innocent until proven guilty. That's the difference. Oh my God! <laughs> look, look, like I just can't even. Is, so, I, so here's the thing: you hate him mm-hmm. because he got caught, right? Like I, I get I where you're going, right? Cheats. I don't respect anybody that cheats. Then you would hate 99 percent of the NFL. Probably yes. Okay, that is the reality. Because mm-hmm. why do penalties exist? Because people like to cheat, right? If you play, if everybody yeah. played within the rules, there'd be no such thing as holding. There'd be no such thing as pass interference, right? You would allow the pass to be caught, or right, right, or deflected or intercepted or whatever uh-huh. the case. Yes, uh-huh. 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 or you wouldn't grab somebody by the face mask 
Now, I could make an argument that the game would be better if there were no face masks. Because they actually make that that helmet into an easy weapon, right? If you if you have to smash your face into somebody else's face, are you doing that? No. 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 It would actually be better technique-wise. All I'm saying here is, do I understand why people dislike Tom Brady? Sure. He's rich, successful, good-looking, has the supermodel wife, has the, the family... That you know, blah 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 In blah. Fact, the one good thing he has going for him is Giselle. But but the, but the thing is, I, I don't care about any of that. Like if I'm looking at just strictly football, I can't stand the guy. I okay. Also, he played for Michigan. So what? He's one of the okay. greatest players in NFL history. Period. Amen. <sighs> Still can't stand the guy. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I couldn't stand Jim McMahon until he was a member of the Green Bay Packers and helped us win a Super Bowl. I I I don't think <laughs> I, I think I would if he became a member of the Baltimore Ravens, I think I would have to disown the Baltimore Ravens. To be fair, you're much more of a fair weather Ravens fan than a uh diehard. Only because why? Because I rooted for the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl? Yes. I mean, it was either that or the Rams, and I'm like, I don't really. Why? Speaking why would of, I root speaking for the Rams? of this, I have a I have yeah. a, a bonus question in which we can win fifty dollars of Izzo's money. Okay, what's that? Name the only division in the NFL that has a Super Bowl winner for every team. Every team has won the Super Bowl. Mm, nope. Do do do. NFC East. Yep, that is the only one. Every single mm-hmm. team. Ironically, the uh, I think it's the NFC West. Is the well now, it's two mm-hmm. and two, because the the Cardinals haven't won one and the uh, Seahawks haven't. Yes, they have. Oh yeah, Seahawks that's right. Have. The Seahawks have. Yeah, and so it was the Rams that hadn't right. No, the Ra- the Rams had two. The Rams won. So the only one is Arizona, right? Arizona. And they got there twice, right? They lost to Pittsburgh once. No, they 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 only made the Super Bowl that I know of once, and that was with Kurt Warner. They lost to right? Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking that they might have gotten there again somehow. Uh, anyway, they got close, but they 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 only been there once. The AFC South has to be the only team or the only division with one Super Bowl champion, right? Texans, Titans, Saints? no, the AFC. Oh, oh, the AFC. Because uh, it's Colts, the, Titans. Colts have won one. Right. I don't. The Titans have not. Titan Titans have been, but they've not won. Right. And then you got the Texans and Jaguars who haven't really have sniffed <laughs> the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, the Jaguars have been close a few times. Yeah. Um, way back in the day. But anyway, neither here nor there. I think that's just an interesting trivia question. Most people. Really have to think about that one. So, so, so we we did get fifty dollars of uh, correct, correct of money, right? Yep, yeah, extra. Yep. Of that. Okay. That's just another way of making up for our mistakes, Pat. Shh. Okay. But anyway, um, let's move on because, boy, oh boy. Um. So, render. Uh, do we do? Do we do? You know what? 
I'm going to call back to the beginning of the show. Remember, okay. critical white, uh, what was it? Critical white theory? Critical whiteness studies? Yeah. How is that? a th- Like, imagine if we did critical black studies or critical Asian studies or critical Hispanic studies, right? <laughs> you racist bastard. Holy crap, man. How mm-hmm. dumb is that? But what if I told you um, that private schools across this country are equally in bed with critical racist theories. What if I told you that, well, just pull your kids out of the public school and put them in the private school and voila, all that junk is gone. More importantly, what if I told you that they're in bed with a renowned black panther? You know, one of the most racist organizations in this country. Top five, I would say. Top five racist organizations. Is is, is that bad? You think? That that, that seems bad. Yeah. Because, from just the news, private schools across the country are implementing radical leftist curricula as the nation's leading private school accreditation association has been training teachers through lectures such as decolonizing the minds of second graders and the white people way. Wait, what? Now, just wait for it. More than 1,600 private schools nationwide receive accreditation through the National Association of Independent Schools, NAIS, which also provides training conferences for teachers at member schools. Just wait for it. The Principal Professional Development Conference hosted by NAIS for Teachers, the People of Color Conference, was started by, quote, educational diversity and equity consultant and former NAIS Director of Diversity, Randolph Carter. Who is Randolph Carter? Well, he's the founder of East Ed, a 501c3 nonprofit. And guess what? It has a now defunct website describing him as a member of the Black Panther Party. So if you believe that, that just taking your child out of the public education system, right? If you just believe that, take them out of the system and put them and plop them into a private school, you're safe, you're an idiot. Here's what you need to do as a parent. You must do your research. You must ask them the important questions. Ask them, do they teach diversity, equity, and inclusion? If so, how are they teaching it? Because here's the reality. I believe that diversity that inclusive education is important. But I believe this to be a very different term than what the DEI crowd believes it to be, right? I believe that diversity of thought, diversity of backgrounds do matter because they help help other people see things differently and think differently, and that is okay. The inclusivity that I believe is it should be inclusive of all ideas. So yes, go ahead and bring us your radical leftist ideology. But also, 
bring in all their forms of thought. And let's have that intellectual battle in the classroom, because guess what's going to happen? However it shakes out for the individual in the classroom, they're better off because they're exposed to ideas. And the more that you are exposed to ideas, the easier it is for you to understand who you are, what you believe, and how you believe it. More importantly, is it also easier to understand the same thing for other people, to understand how other cultures, other thoughts, and differing opinions from yours work? That does not mean, however, that you have to accept them as moral or true or or that better you than you accept them at all. It just means that you you understand them, and hopefully that you can be at least a understanding, if not a decent person, to those that that may have opposing views that are compared to yours. Um, again, does not mean that you have to accept them either. Now. now. This is important because mm. Carter is no longer at NAIS, but he still participates in that People of Color Conference, right? Which is one of the top conferences that that this group brings for its professional development section, right? right. But in December of 2021, one conference session was social justice for kindergartners. Huh? What? Trainer Tracy Allen told teachers that kindergartners are natural social justice warriors. And she thinks that if we just build upon the mindset of the kindergartner, it is fantastic. You can get them to do fabulous things in the social justice realm. What she's really saying is that the kindergartner's mind is impressionable. And they are want to what, Pat? Just do exactly what we had talked about. They're curious. They, they are some of the most pure of thought, right? They don't look at people the way that a middle schooler would or a high schooler would, right? They're not going to go, oh, my God, what are you wearing? Or, or you look different or whatever. They may be curious about that and ask questions and develop relationships. Regardless of their beliefs or, or how they're being raised, they're naturally curious individuals. So let's take advantage of that and indoctrinate them right away. But there's more because in Decolonizing the Mind of Second Graders, another lecture at the same People of Color conference, one trainer discussed how she wore a gas mask, goggles, and a bulletproof vest as she was protested during uh, George Floyd's death in Portland. It is an ongoing system of power that perpetuates the genocide and repression of indigenous peoples and cultures. And so are uh, and so we are settler colonists, right? We perpetuate that unless we are indigenous to the land that we are on. Another session at the conference features a slide in which the titled uh, would, uh, a slide titled Burn Bleep Down as a lecture who identifies as a a lecturer who identifies as a vice principal tells teachers to blank uh, or to recognize when systems are broken and imagine something new. See, I don't have a problem with that one. I, I, I Are we or are we not arguing that the whole system is broke? The whole education system in America is 100% broke. Oh, absolutely. I, I, would, I would agree with that. Point. So that we have to imagine something new. 
And that something new could be decentralized education. That's something you see, we would totally disagree. It's the same thing when it comes to race and when it comes to um, race in the social or not the social justice, but the actual justice system. We believe, I think everybody would say that there are s some aspects of this that are racist, that perpetuate racism. We 100% disagree on the solution to that problem. Now, speaking of solutions, Pat, um, have you checked out Rick Scott's Rescue America plan yet? Uh, not, not in tons of detail, but uh, okay. I, I know at least there's a few things in there. Okay. Well, there's an 11-point plan. And would you be surprised that um, <clears throat> Ditch Mitch McConnell and um, Kevin McCarthy and all of your alphabet soup of quote-unquote leaders in the GOP have disavowed this, have have not highlighted it. In fact, um, Mitch McConnell is famous for saying, um, don't say anything because then the Democrats have a way to attack us and, and then we can't win in the 2022 election because God forbid we come up with ideas for the American people. So, in other words, what he's saying is keep your mouth shut so that we don't have to tell the American people what our ideas are. Right. Because it's all about power. It's not about principles. It's not about fixing problems. Because Lord knows if we fixed some problems, they might not have as much power. So it's an 11-point plan called Rescue America that Rick Scott, the senator, the junior senator from the state of Florida, came out with. And it's basically a bucket of different things, right? So I want to go over this over the course of the next few days. Uh, maybe you know one a day here for the next 11 days and then kind of go from there. But um, number one on this list is education. And I believe firmly that this should be the number one thing because it is the only way in which we guarantee a future that is free of this critical race bullcrap. Now, he says in... Because you, you can't get granular right away, right? You, you have to give a right. platform. This is the awe-inspiring platform on education. We will inspire patriotism and stop teaching the revisionist history of the radical left. Our kids will learn about the wisdom of the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Founding Fathers. Public schools will focus on the three R's, not indoctrination, uh, and not indoctrinate children with critical race theory or any other political ideology. Our kids will say the Pledge of Allegiance, salute the flag, learn the America is a great country, and choose the school that best fits them. That's a lot of flowery language. How do you accomplish that, Pat? Right? Right. Well, he's got some plans. Number one, parents, not government, are going to choose the best schools for their kids. So fund students, not systems. I think right that, it, honestly, yeah. I think this would be the number one thing that if I were the GOP, this is the number, this is exactly our campaign slogan for 2022. Fund students, not systems. And you do this highlighting that we're doing, right? It's not just public schools. It is private schools. It is this, it is that. And if you want none of this, if you want people to be taught to be good people, period, amen, regardless of whatever race, sex, religion, socioeconomic status, whatever, right? You have to pull your kids out of the system, period. That's public and private. 
Now, we continue. Because he says that we will enact equal opportunity in education, so school choice, so that no child will be sent to a failing school simply because of their zip code. And I would argue that is the most racist thing that we do in America, is tie you to where you live. And that might determine your future simply because of where you live. Now, is that always the case? No. People always overcome. People always overcome. But if you set them up to potentially fail from the get-go, it makes it so much harder. Now, here's number three. Kids in public schools will say the Pledge of Allegiance, stand for the national anthem, and honor the American flag. We must foster national unity. I struggle with this one. I really do. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Because for me... This isn't about national unity. This is, you say that you're not about indoctrination. Is this or is this not about indoctrinating a form of national uh, jingoism? Not, not patriotism, jingoism. But we continue. We will open our schools to parents. Parents must have the right to know what their child is being taught, who is teaching them, and which organizations are receiving school contracts. Perfect. Fair. Mm -hmm. The FBI, DOJ, and all government entities will be expressly forbidden from intimidating parents who dare speak their minds at school board meetings. How do you do also, that? How do you do that? Great question. I, but I, the premise I like, I don't know how you would do it. All right. Then we move on to public schools. We'll teach our children to love America because while not perfect, it is exceptional. It is good, and it is a beacon of freedom in an often dark world. How this happens would determine whether or not I support this. Because yeah. I, I don't believe that you can teach. This is this is the 1619 Project in reverse. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what you rail against in reverse, right? This is in reverse indoctrination, if you will. This is indoctrination again to this concept that America is perfect because that because it the while not perfect part will likely be a glossed over version. Yeah, there there are certainly flaws with this. Um, there there's certain there's things I like, there are things I don't like, and I think that's probably true for you as well. You know how do how do you accomplish this? I think that's going to be the key. Is like how are you using government to accomplish because if you're using government to accomplish this doesn't that kind of defeat the whole point and purpose now the reason why we're going into these details right is to figure out if we support the plan because the details do matter right do we support right. item one overall now no child will be taught they are inherently racist because of their color of their skin or that some americans are oppressors and others are oppressed 100% that should never yeah, be in a classroom. Oh, I would say maybe up until junior year of high school where you could start teaching theories and concepts like this. Mm -hmm. And why do I why do I say that? Because it's important to be exposed to how other people think. Because right. when you get to college, right? The, the whole point of critical thinking, aka the name of this show is you have to be exposed to different ideas to understand what you believe and what you don't believe. You can't just be spoon-fed things and then go, oh, okay. No, you have to be able to discern how you 
take ideas, concepts, stats, numbers, math, and figure your way through it. Uh, so I, I, I like this one. I just struggle with, again, how how do you how do you put this into the classroom in action? And in the the struggle here would be: Do you automatically fire teachers? Which gives me into this next point. Teacher tenure at public schools must be eliminated because it protects inadequate teachers, not good teachers. I hundred percent believe this should be true. One hundred percent. How many times have we? And it's not even. It's not even protecting inadequate teachers. I would go as far as to say this: It is protecting predators, because we've seen how many teachers who or stories of teachers who are put on desk duty or put into union offices after being alleged sexual assault people or, you know, the inappropriate things in the classroom, right? Because tenure. So this would allow you to eliminate really bad teachers and this at the same time. And I know I'm sure I'm sure Mrs. Pat has a few things to say on this. But. She would she would have. A, I was going to say the one thing I think I would disagree with here is that it it does protect good teachers. It really does. It just also protects the bad ones, um, and that's my issue with it. And I'm like, we need to make it a, an easier way to not only investigate, but then once we come to a conclusion of that investigation, especially if there is guilt there, to remove these teachers from their positions. Yeah. We will not allow political or social indoctrination in our schools. Teachers who refuse to comply will need to find new jobs. And 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 I personally believe that um, you know the rainbow flags and um, I, I will say this: any flag other than the state flag and the, the flag of the United States of America don't belong in the classroom. Period. Amen. Sure. And why do I mean that? Because inside of a public school. You should never, as a teacher, be able to, or as a student, I should never be able to know what your politics are. I should, I should never be able to guess it easily. I, if I were to go to a kid today and ask them, "Hey, what does your teacher politically believe? Are, are they left? Are they right? Do, do they support GOP? Do they support this?" I guarantee you, ninety-nine percent of them will know. And that should never happen. You shouldn't be able to, you know. Um, the Black Lives Matter flag or or whatever, you know, you shouldn't have the Gadsden flag unless you're teaching the different flags of the colonial period, right? Mm-hmm. Now, no public school will also be allowed to discriminate against voluntary prayer or force children to check their faith at the door. A hundred percent agree with this because this, this is such a bullcrap concept. If you want to have a Muslim prayer during the day, that should be available. You want to have, you know, Jewish prayer. You want to have whatever, right? That should be allowed. Yeah. It all should be allowed. The, this concept that there's somehow the separation of church and state has never actually existed in the Constitution of the United States. It is a 100% made up judicial activist idea. It has never existed. The only separation between church and state has been that there should be no establishment of a state religion. It is why there is an Episcopal church and not the Church of England 
here in the United States of America. Then he advocates that we will close the Federal Department of Education. Education is a state function. If Congress wants to spend money on education, they can cut out the middleman and send it directly to schools and parents. Yes, Andrew Coppins, you have a thought there? What is the federal government collecting money for for, for education at all then? That, that, that's what I want to know. Because what he's saying here is that um, if Congress wants to spend money on the education, they can send it directly to schools and parents. What? Well, if you eliminate the Department of Education, then what, what business does Congress have at all doing any, anything like that? See, the only thing that they would have is enforcement of Title IX, enforcement of the Equal Opportunity Act, you know, that sort of stuff. That stuff has to be done, but it can be done by the regulatory agencies that already do those things. But what does it have to do with funding? Right. The only funding that would have to happen is the funding of those jobs. The jobs of enforcement. And that could right. be the money that you send to the state level, right? In theory, you mm -hmm. could send it to the state level to allow them to be more localized on that. I could make that argument as to the only thing the federal government should be spending money on, right? Because you made a federal law. So now I have to enforce your federal law, but you're not going to give me any money to do so. Which makes sense. And then finally, it will be America's goal to be number one in the world in math and science by 2030. I would argue you have to solve all of the other things here before you even touch that goal. You have to clean house of 60, 70 years of the goals of left, of the left. You have to clean house of leftism within the ranks of administration, in the ranks of the actual teachers, in the ranks of people teaching the teachers, right? This is a this is a whole shift of the system. Because we don't care in terms of how we look at what we're trying to teach kids today. We don't care about your performance in math and science. We don't care about those things, even though I would make an argument that having those basic math and science skills will help every single person to wade through the political quagmire that exists today, because it will teach you how to understand the manipulation of statistics, understand reading a graph and chart, understand how to think about oil production, how to think about all of these things. If you can understand the basics, you're an informed citizenry, but they don't care about that. It's all about emotion and feeling and everything else. With with just shy of eight years, I think that's even a hard sell anyway. It even is, if we, even without that stuff, I think that's a hard sell. Right. It, it is. A, I, do yeah. I understand that it's a lofty goal and that you have to aim high? Sure. Right? You have mm -hmm. to. But again, with tenure in place, with all of this stuff, and then more importantly, if you are rooting out that that rot within the educational system, how do you replace it? Because everybody who's growing up in 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 learning to become a teacher, learning these things, are learning the same leftist propaganda from the teaching colleges, right? So you would have to get an education to. Or more importantly, you'd have to shift 
your licensure. You would have to shift all of that to get professionals, right? People who are just professionals in these fields to start teaching, right? People who are not necessarily interested in the indoctrination of children, they're interested in passing along the knowledge that they have gained. How do you do that in eight years? Our system is so rotten to the core. I, I, so I applaud the overall idea here is that what we have to do is what? Root out the things that are rotting our education system. But we cannot in turn replace it with indoctrination of America first principles, if you will, or MAGA forever. We cannot do that. We must allow for diversity of thought, diversity of opinion, diversity of everything in our education system. It cannot be teach country over color, right? It also can't be color over country. It also can't be all of these other things. It has to be a complete and total long-term project. This has to be something that we work on for 10, 15, 20 years. And you, you start by cutting the legs out of the power base, which are the teachers' unions. You start cutting that. And you do that by you cutting the funding, by um, empowering parents, right? Empowering decentralized education. If I'm 16 years old, Pat, and I know that I want to be a, a welder, or I want to be a plumber, or I want to be an electrician, or whatever, right? Why do I have to complete some bullcrap phys ed? Why shouldn't I be able to complete math and science, right, in some of the core things of an education while also learning my trade so that by the time I'm 18, 19, 20, 21, we now have populated more people in those jobs so that I could even be an independent business owner by that point. I was going to say then at that point, then you're making a, a bringing in an income and having stability of your own. Right. So why are we doing things the way that we're doing them? The dismantling of the way that we do things is not a snap of the fingers and it's done. It's not. It can't be. It doesn't work like that. You have to work at taking the power away and how you replace that power because there will be a vacuum. And the importance is how do you fill it? And I would argue the easiest way to fill that vacuum is by teaching your kids at home, is by empowering home schools or community-based schooling, right? Or more actual faith-based education. Or however you, as a parent, would like that to happen. Now, are there going to be people who teach really bad things to their kids? Sure. But there are really, 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 really good homeschool programs out there in which you don't have to be the teacher necessarily, right? But you can find curriculum that is free of this stuff, free of the indoctrination. And it's on you as a parent to do that research. 
Just like it would be on you as a parent to understand what's going on in your kid's classroom. I don't understand this concept. I really don't. That uh, that a kid has or that a parent has no right. Because whether or not you are going to give them the syllabus, they sure as hell should be demanding it from their kids. And if you don't hand out a syllabus in your classroom, my kid's not in your classroom anymore. It's just that freaking simple. But anyway, uh, with all of that having been said, Pat, um, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And does the GOP really plan have a plan for anything? Good question. Good question. Speaking of uh, plans, uh, we are planning to do the afterthought here in just a few moments. Um, coming up on today's afterthought is Bracketology, the afterthought edition. Um, Pat and I are going to go through the NCAA bracket because uh, starting Wednesday, I believe, right, is the uh, that's the uh, first four games, right? Yes. And then um, the right the playing games, mm-hmm. and then we're going to talk uh, the rest of the tournament, who we see winning, um, maybe some upsets, and all that sort of wonderful goodness coming up right now, right soon. And by the way, you have to be a subscriber to get all of that extra content starting today. $2 a month. Go to criticalthinking.locals.com backslash subscribe or click the join button or the link in the description of this video on our Rumble page. Again, rumble.com backslash criticalthinking or wherever you find your podcast. Until tomorrow, Matthew 547. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.